0: Hello, Kool-Aids. Welcome to Barca Talk. I'm your host, Gabriel Quiroga, here in the Spanish capital. In today's episode, we talk about the Rubielas resignation, a little bit about Barca attacking style, a quick review of the FCB documentary on Amazon, and lastly, we answer some questions from our Patreon community. Before we get into these topics, some quick admin. If you are Kool-Aid without a penya, consider joining our virtual penya. We have a WhatsApp group that is international. Uh, We also are doing monthly watch parties for people who want to talk during the match with us and also to help support the podcast. So if you're interested, it's only five bucks a month. The link is in the show notes. Let's dive in. But first, a quick message from our sponsor, NordVPN. Are you tired of hackers and cyber criminals snooping around your online activities? Do you want to safely access your favorite shows and content from anywhere in the world? Then you need NordVPN, the best VPN on the market. And the good news is that there's an exclusive birthday deal just for you. Buy NordVPN now and win extra subscription time. With NordVPN, you can protect your online activity and keep your private information away from prying eyes. And if you're traveling abroad, don't worry. Connect to a NordVPN server in your home country and safely enjoy content as if you'd never left. So what are you waiting for? Visit nordvpn.com slash barsa now to get this special birthday deal. Shield your data from snoops and criminals with NordVPN's state-of-the-art encryption. Safely listen to podcasts, stream shows, or simply browse in complete privacy. Again, visit nordvpn.com slash barsa. The link is in the show notes. Get NordVPN now and enjoy a safe and private online experience. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped,
1: All right, Craig McGough joins me. Craig, ¿qué tal? Como estás? Todo bien, todo bien, very busy. Um strangely for me, not hating the international break, because there's lots of life things <laughs> going on. Um, but as we as we speak, Scotland have just gone 2-0 down to England, so maybe the hatred of the international break will come at pace <laughs> from this moment on. How about yourself? All good? Yeah,
0: yeah. All good. All good. Um, I'm heading for vacation this weekend, finally. So I'm looking forward to seven days of no work. I'm looking, I'm going to uh, Palma de Mallorca. So I'm looking forward to that. Incredible. Yeah, yeah. So a little beach and relaxation. So I'm I'm really Mm -hmm. looking forward to that. And also, you know, we've been talking a little bit, you know, obviously recently, and it appears that you'll be moving to Madrid, my
1: friend indeed indeed um yeah behind enemy lines is that the wrong thing to say? um no it's, it's 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 an it's an amazing opportunity um it looks like i'll be moving with work which is fascinating and yeah i mean hopefully we get things over the line this week or next week but yeah i'll be joining you which is uh i mean when we first started doing these pods together i, I don't think we thought we'd, we'd be neighbors <laughs> but um yeah really excited really really excited um I've already made plans to move as far away from Hatafe as geographically possible <laughs> while still being in the city of madrid uh but yeah exciting times exciting times mate.
0: yeah yeah so more to come that's very exciting because hopefully we'll be able to do some more stuff in person mm-hmm. which is be exciting to watch some matches all right so we got some things to go on. we know it's international break but there's always things going on and the most recent thing obviously we just want to kind of kind of put a, a bow on this right now because of the R- Rubiala situation, right? So he officially resigned on Sunday night around 930. And it was a very interesting public relations tactic because he did an interview with Piers Morgan in English. Um, he obviously got paid for it as well. They're saying more than 100k euros. And one of the things that came out was or one of the reasons why he said he resigned is he couldn't work in these conditions. So I just want to kind of get your thoughts on the situation now that Ruby Alice is finally out.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a saying. It, it's, it's certainly said a lot here. I'm assuming there'll be flavors of this all around the world, but it, it's effectively that you are the company that you keep. And I think the fact that he's gone and had this conversation with Piers Morgan says a lot. Um, you know, there's, there's lots of people around the world who he could have had that conversation with and he's chosen Piers Morgan, so... I think I think that says that says a lot about Correct. the man, um, and I also think it, it's just it's just yet another example of men in power, isn't it? You know, you, you've you've created these conditions purely for yourself, and you've also been having people work in conditions that clearly aren't um, aren't appropriate for a long, long time. So you know, forgive me if I don't get the violins out and give you pity, but it's the, you know it's certainly the footballing end to this saga. Um, I would like to think it isn't the, the judicial end to this saga because I think, you know, I'm, I'm sick of seeing people, certainly in the UK, I don't know how it's how it's being perceived in Madrid. I kind of, I picked up the scab a little bit when I was in Madrid last week. And, and, and you know, certainly in the work setting, it wasn't a sensible discussion to, ha- to be having. Sure. So I kind of moved away from it. But in the UK, I'm hear people hearing people saying things like, you know, it's just a kiss. correct? And then when you spin it back to him and say, well, it was just sexual assault. You know, people change their opinion. So um, it's just it's just a depressing end to a depressing saga. And and as we said, when we spoke about it last time, it's just just the the really sad thing is it's yet another one of these sagas. So, yeah, good riddance to him. Um, I just sincerely hope that whoever comes through behind him, in fact, whoever comes through behind this entire regime that's at the head of football at the minute, not just Spanish football, um, you know, takes us one step further towards a world where this doesn't exist, but it's hard It's hard not to go back around in the same angry circles I did last time, mate. But what, what about you? What's your take on it?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, you know, good riddance. And obviously, you know, the idea that he went with Piers Morgan tells you everything you need to know about him. He feels as though he is falling on the sword for the Federation yeah. because of the idea that, you know, Spain and Portugal are going through the World Cup bidding. And so, you know, there was a lot of talk that he needed to leave so that there's a new president on, you know, in time for the bid and so it's like all these other complicated backroom deals as we know with all the power and stuff and Mm -hmm. the other thing too here is you know, the federation is protected and there's no other outside force that can come in to clean house. Right. Yeah. So now the government is trying to instill some new ideas and rules so that they can have a little bit of control and and so that this doesn't happen. Now, they did appoint a new uh, coach um, for the women's national team. They're still on strike. So we'll see what happens. They're supposed to play a World Cup qualifier this weekend. Uh, who knows what's going to happen with that? You know, everything is still messy. And, you know, today in the news, they were saying the soonest that they can have the elections for the president is going to be in October, essentially, but who knows how that's going to go. And especially, you know, as we know with these federations and with FIFA, it's all about who you help the money you help yeah. and you get that support. Right. And so yeah. there needs to be a new reform and hopefully this is, you know, at least maybe starting and to make things more transparent. So we'll see what happens. But again, I just, I could not believe when I, I just Sunday night just seeing Rubiales speaking English, Uh, and just talking, he talked for two hours, man, two hours. Can you imagine? (laughs) And saying that, you know, he's doing this for his, his, his daughters and, you know, his family's suffering. And it's like, man, you are the reason there's no other person. you You are the fault at this. So again, it's still a sticky situation. As you said, you know, people just saying that it's just a kiss, you know, it's just that just drives me crazy that just drives me crazy.
1: it's just wild isn't it
0: and the other yeah, thing yeah. That i
1: find really strange about these federated societies that that, that you see in spain and obviously clubs are a uh, lot lots of clubs are in the same boat is that you know i'm how old am i now 35 so i've been working for bloody i can't do the maths 19 years let's sure. say whatever that is i don't think i've had a single job where i haven't had to sign a series of policies relating to bullying and anti-harassment down to things like anti-money laundering, anti-bribery, mm-hmm. and obviously sexual misconduct and gross misconduct as a catch-all have, have always been in there, and that includes me working in terrible jobs and me doing what I do now for a living, which is you know is is is, is reasonably good. It baffles me that these organisations don't seemingly have a, a code of ethics to hold yeah, yeah. themselves to. Why why is it impossible that you can get these people out? And I understand that you know the government can't come in and just you know completely demolish everything, but I don't I don't understand how these organizations get by without a single code of ethics practice when, you know, if you want to get a job behind a bar in the UK, there'll be something that says you can't go around groping people and kissing people yeah. and bullying people and being racist and misogynistic and homophobic and taking money out the tail and all of these things. And that's the bit that I find truly baffling from an organizational perspective is why there seems to be no level of accountability anywhere in these organizations.
0: Yeah I mean that's the thing right because it's been it's been happening for so long right I mean we saw with the whole you know I I just think about the FIFA situation with Sep Blatter and, and all those uh representatives from each of the countries that got uh, arrested in that ring a couple of years ago, mm. and just and just seeing the documentary about how they were living and how they were they using bribes and all these different things, you know, like Yay. we always talk about, you know, the money and the power with these people, it just becomes intoxicating, right? And they just cannot put it down, right? And this is just another situation, you know, with Rubiales and the support that he had in that meeting when he came and he said, "No voy a dimitir that meeting, you know, all the people that were there were in support because they know they're getting handouts from Rubiales and they had mm-hmm. no, you know, they know what it's like. So, anyway, we'll see what's happening. It's evolving. I know that he has a court date on Friday. Uh, that's mm-hmm. official. So, we'll see what happens with that. All right. In the last episode, Remy was talking a little bit about Barca's attacking style or lack thereof. And he was just noting that ultimately in the last, you know, 10 to 15 matches under Chavi, uh, the Barca football has become boring and hard to watch, you know, just on, a, on an attack perspective. Now, obviously, we always talk about this idea of winning points and style, right? I mean, this is always kind of our, I think, our niche in Barca, mm-hmm. right? Because no other team is really going, I, you know, like if you are a team like, um, I don't know, uh, I don't know, uh, reassociate associate that, for example, you're happy to get those points, right? You're not really talking about, oh, we need to be more attacking. But Barca, we're, we're a unique creature in this idea. And obviously Lewandowski also talked about this in the news about uh, saying that Xavi needed to put more forwards. And also we got a question from one of our patrons, Mustafa, and he was saying, will we ever go back to having three forwards on the pitch? So I give this all to you to see your thoughts on this idea uh and also remy was just talking about during the weekend you know before the international break that he was watching the barca game with his pena and yeah of course he was with the Pena and having a good time but then when he went home and watched other matches he was entertained more and he said we have kind of lost that luster under chavi with the lack of attack so what are your kind of thoughts on this
1: yeah i I think it's it strikes right at the heart of what it means to be a cooler right is you know, I think this is the this is the kind of uh, philosophical debate that we'll never solve. So I think the starting point is just to accept that this this is deeper than just a style of play for for most of us. You know, especially you know we've got people in the group, people who listen that came came at different times. If for those that came. During Pep, compared to those who came during card for example, sure. you might be talking about a two-year swing. That's a fundamentally different style of play. So I think there's an element of it being a very personal thing. What it means to be to be um, FC Barcelona. The other I mean, thing, let me, put, I, let me
0: push back on you on there mm, with the right. Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: well, with the mm.
0: right guard thing, I I think you're right. Right as a team as a whole, I think under Pep, the whole team of attack was on one page, right? But I think with Rijkaard, since Ronaldinho was there, and we had that spark of brilliance mm. i think maybe as a team as a whole it wasn't on one page operating like pep did but there was moments there of absolute brilliance where roland Dino would take your breath away right yeah. and you know that that's i just wanted to kind of push back on that
1: because no no no, and, and that's fair that's fair i guess i was just using it because it's the closest sure. that we sure. had to, to pep's team right because and it was just more about saying that in two years you could look at those two teams and and and, and not see the same style of football week in week out so you know Raihards team was by no means anti-football. I wasn't going there, no, no, so I think there's that element. The other thing that the way the the way kind of post Messi was always going to be down. I think, sure. Um, so I think that has to be the starting point. But before I go all apologist for Xavi, I think we have to acknowledge that, yeah, over the last eighteen months, the football at times has been reasonably reasonably dull. But I think if we were to go kind of good cop bad cop on it. I think you, if I'm in Xavi's corner and I'm fighting for for why he's the right man to guide Barcelona, I'd be saying, look at the players I've had, look at the situation I'm in. Um, you know, we. We still have the reputation that teams will will set up, set up to camp in against us. They will still have, you know, ridiculously deep back lines and they'll still put two banks of four or maybe even five in behind us, but we don't have the same sparks that we used to have to unlock them. So we've effectively got the situation where we lose twice because teams aren't giving us the space that we can go into attack. Therefore, the space that we do have needs a genius and we don't really have those much anymore at the top of the pitch. What we do have is a, is, is a real kind of glut of really solid, really exciting midfielders. So if I'm Chavi, I look at it and think, well, would I be doing much differently? And I'm not sure I would. Um, and so I think that, you know, the case for the defence would be, unless we have better attackers, we can't do much. We've had an underperforming Ansu Fati. Some would say an underutilised, fair enough, but certainly an underperforming Ansu Fati in terms of just pure numbers. We had a, an underperforming, erratic, often injured down belly. Again, some people might say he could have been given more time, more patience, whatever. And it's, it's an argument that you could listen to. We've had Lewandowski, whose numbers were great, but at times really flat to deceive. Um, Rafinha was, I'd like to think Rafinha was finding his feet, but again, you couldn't look at him and say, well, that's who we're going to pin our attack on. You had Ferran, who looked woeful at times. And again, hopefully, we've got a different version of season. So if you look at it last season, who were we attacking with? And you look at it, if you look at it this season, the, yeah. If the players come good that we hope come good, Xao Felix could be a great addition, could be dreadful. Who knows? But I think I think Xavi's been playing with half a deck a lot in terms from attacking perspective. And I do also think the, the world of football's changed slightly to the point where I think the, that kind of three, that three up top with two really exciting pacey wide men, I could be wrong, but I don't think there's many teams doing that now either. It does seem to be that kind of focal point up top and get people in behind them you know, the, the mould of Haaland and, and and Mbappe and whatnot seems to be driven by that focal point with people supporting rather than let's get wide and get in behind the fences. So I just think it's really complex. I said a lot there without saying a lot, and I know that, but I think it's really <laughs> complex. And, and, and I think the big question will be, if the big question for Javi, in my opinion, will be to kind of wrap up my opinion on this. If Ferran, Rafinha and Jao Felix show the performances that we'd like them to, and he doesn't play them, in that system, we've got some questions to ask. If they don't perform to what I think might be near their peak, and we've got midfielders behind them who are very good, I don't think you can be blamed for 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 Javi putting them in there. Because the, the situation that we're in, first and foremost, is that we have to start winning trophies again because the accounts don't let us do anything else. Sure, 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 sure. No, I get that. One.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I get that point. And I and I'm I'll be I'll be the bad cop here because yeah I love this idea of coaching in any sport, right? And at the highest level, it's like, what do you do? What adjustments do you make? How do you pull the best out of your team? And you know, the players that you mentioned, you know, that we have on our team, you know, I know they're not world class, but sometimes this is the this is the the deck that you've been dealt. And how are you mm-hmm. going top chef that? Right. You know. When you are a manager, you're not always going to have your elite 11 all the time, right? And to me, when I look at this attack or lack of attack, especially Mm -hmm. at the end of last season and the beginning of the season, I just don't see ingenuity or something that we can break through, right? And again, I don't know, you know, we've talked about this in the WhatsApp group a lot about risk versus reward, right? And that's what I think is lacking. I don't think we ever look to penetrate those through balls go over the top and try, you know, I know if we don't connect, we lose the ball, we lose possession, we got to go on counter. But to me, I think you have to take those chances because at the rate that we're going right now, we're going to continue to struggle with goals. Even having Lamine Yamal play and being excited on that right wing and maybe having Jao Felix on the left, we're still lacking that directness and the pace for goal. Like right now, Spain is playing right now, Cyprus, and the way they're playing right now with the speed on the wings – And just being really direct and throwing balls from different directions. I'm not saying we have to emulate that. But you can just see what speed and the way it breaks things up. Because Lewandowski, for example, I'm really concerned because he's having a hard time for Poland. He's having a hard time for Barcelona. I know he just scored the other night, but then they just lost again the other night. So it was was a penalty, right? Yeah. And, And I don't know if you saw his penalty with Poland the other night. But when he's taking those penalties, it's a man to me that is lacking confidence. He's doing the stutter mm-hmm. step like Neymar, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. I don't know. Like I, to me, when I look at the our attack, Jao Felix, Ferran, uh, Lewandowski, these are, you know, sevens or above, would you say mm-hmm. out of 10, six, six and a half? And yeah. what manager in the world wouldn't want to have these this attack? So again, I I think there has to be some evolution because yeah, we are getting these points, we're winning one-nothing, but we need you. Again, I know it's tricky, right? Because we need the trophies, like you said, for the accounts and stuff. But again, if you're not going to make it entertaining to watch, yeah. And also, you—I don't know if you've seen this online, but you know, obviously, Barça is having a hard time selling tickets, right? I don't mm. know if you saw uh, in the most recent—I um, think in this week—they released three packs of tickets, so you can get mm. three three matches, including one champions against Porto at home for sixty-nine euros. Oh wow! correct correct wow. so what i'm saying is if you're not making it entertaining right now there's there's a fine line right and i think chabi's mm. had enough time where he needs to break three and maybe just have those midfielders just take those risks you know a little bit more i think that is yeah. an easy fix i think that is the easiest fix right now where he you know frank DeYoung young makes a through ball and we try to go forward with that i don't know if you had any other
1: last thoughts on yeah i mean here. And, and, and all those points are fair, right? And I think this is this is going to be the quandary that we have until something changes, is that I'd like to think the points I made are reasonably fair. And, and you just come back with a series of points that are equally as fair. And I think this is the challenge that we're going to have an, an, until something moves with, with this. But um, the one thing that always struck me about Pep's time at, at Barca, I read a book called Pep Confidential. I'm sure I've mentioned yeah, it a yeah. few times on this yeah. pod. It's, in, it's an incredible read. And he also alluded to it in an interview on Sky Sports one time in the UK. Um, and it was, he basically said that, you know, my job is to bring the team at the final third. At that point, I just kind of let them go. Right. And I would say Pep's team was one of the most attacking I've ever I've ever seen. I think you can put that team in the Spain, the Spain kind of back to back team in, in the same bucket. Um and so, what, I, what I'd be intrigued to know is is what Chavi is saying to the attackers, because I don't believe for one second he'll be saying to them, "I want you to be really, really, really risk averse, lads." I don't see that. It doesn't you know, seem. The... It doesn't seem right. No, I don't think so, because I don't see why you would. Right? I don't. I don't see why you would go out to be that conservative. So, what would be interesting is if he's not saying anything, which seemingly was was kind of Pep's approach. He was like, "I'll get you to the final third. Go and do your stuff, lads. See what happens." And he just had these players. Now, what I'd love to know is, is what is being said, because I don't think it can be, he can't be proactively saying negative stuff, because why would you? Sure. Uh, you sure. Know, especially, especially with a career he's had. But what I do think we have, and, 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 I, and I hear your point loud and clear, is is in Lewandowski, we have a, we have a bit of a paradox in the sense of we know he's world class, but he's really not performing for months now. I've been incredibly vocal in my belief that we've made life very hard for Lewandowski. He's often doubled up. Mm-hmm. We aren't giving him balls to work with. We often ping it to him and hope he'll do something. But this season has been different. It's not been quite as bad, right? Now, Hitafe side, which was just horrible for everyone, as it always is. They just put well. <laughs> they, they, they had they, they had two men on basically anyone with a creative spark, right? Other than Ariel Romeo, I think everyone had two men on them at more times they're on the ball. Them aside. I don't think he's been he's been hounded the same way he was last season. We still haven't seen that much, I would say. So I think I think Lewandowski is probably the linchpin to wall of this. He's probably the keystone for in sure. for the bridge because you take him away, you've got more options, but you take him away, you you remove that natural poacher. But maybe that's what it is. Maybe maybe we need to freshen up in that sense. And maybe Ferran gets a run and you put your and Felix in there or Rafinha and say, right, go and go and play Go and play a different type of football and see where we are. And if that means that Lewandowski doesn't get in, we can't we can't run back where we were with Sergi Busquets, Xherdan PK and Jordi Alba. We can't let names dictate the performance. The performances exactly. have to dictate what the names do. So, so I think my 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 temperature is changing on Lewandowski to an extent, not only on his ability, but on on how we're using him. Is, is he becoming a, a crutch? And I think that's that's the one thing t- for me that stands out as a question mark for Xavi. I don't think it's intention. I don't think it's coaching. I, I do wonder if it's if it's too, an element of almost too much loyalty to to, to the name that we have up top.
0: Makes sense. And again, if he is scoring and having more chances and just maybe if he's not converted, but we see those chances, then maybe we don't have this conversation because Mm. maybe it's just more attacking. But you're right. You know, it's a combination for me when I see him trying to be a number 10. It just drives me crazy. And I don't know what's Mm -hmm. going on with that. So again, it. It's not about the name. We've had this situation. I mean, just think about the last season with Suarez, you know, yeah. when he was, you know, the name and, and he would have a, a, an appearance there, a goal there every, what, five matches or so. But during those 90 minutes, he was not pressuring the ball and we weren't doing the things that were fundamental for us as a team going forward. So he,
1: He's a great shout. Sorry, just to, um, you know, and I think what we thought we were getting And what we could still get is that kind of Luis Suarez-type player. What I would say we have at the minute with Lewandowski is, I hate to say it, but it's probably a poor version of Memphis Depay. And that didn't work.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing is, you know, I know, you know, the way they're giving him the service I don't think is proper. And, again, there has to be something. And he has to either – Again, as we always talk about, it just doesn't seem like they practice together, you know, like I don't know if he's telling the I mean, I'm sure he is because I'm going to go to our next segment because, you know, yeah, I'm yeah. sure they're talking behind the scenes and saying, I want the ball on my right inside and stuff. And it just doesn't happen. But let's move on to the next segment. And that's just the mm-hmm. documentary on Amazon. You watched it. I don't know if I'm going to watch it Um I don't I don't yeah I don't, I don't know if I want to watch the the propaganda but give me kind of your first thoughts you said you absolutely love Gavi even more mm-hmm. rugby Gavi we saw him tonight with his helmet uh the guy is something else but kind of what
1: are your first thoughts on
0: the Amazon documentary
1: um I thought so I I've done most of these now I've done I mean who who have we had so far we've had Man City Arsenal mm-hmm. Leeds Newcastle Sunderland.
0: the All Blacks
1: Sunderland, oh, the Sunderland one was, was great. I've watched it, but I mean, that wasn't, <laughs> I was just, I was just I naming, I, I was just naming the, uh, I the
0: don't know what the,
1: I don't know what the antonym for propaganda is, but whatever the opposite <laughs> of propaganda is, that's what it was for Sunderland. Um, That's well worth a watch, but for all the wrong reasons, and certainly not if you're a Sunderland fan. I, I, always,
0: I went really quick. I just laughed because when I, I remember watching the first episode, I think I was sick or something and they're like, football is different for Sunderland fans. I was like, get out of here. I'm moving on to the next
1: thing. I was like, I couldn't <laughs> yeah. could take the first it line. Is, I was like, <laughs> do, do you know what? Actually, actually, this is a really interesting one. For those who aren't familiar with Sunderland's story, and the, for those who wonder where Barca would have gone, watch the Sunderland one, because that's what we would have done. We would have done the same version of that. Watch it. It is heartbreaking. Obviously, I live... Four miles from from the stadium, alike now. Uh, I would say we're actually moving across the border, so we're moving to Sunderland next month. And my wife, who is from Newcastle, well, Gateshead, it's not a fan. That's a separate point. But no, (laughs) watch it because the Sunderland one's fascinating because the rest of it's propaganda about look how good we are. The Sunderland one is it's a tale for these clubs. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, I've I've watched most of these now, and I would say obviously with the bias that I have aside, hopefully. I really enjoyed it because it, it felt less propagandary than the rest of them. The one glaring miss that made it seem propaganda, like propaganda is that they just completely cut the end of the celebrations out in Cornea. Um, and so you didn't see the pitch invasion. You didn't see any um, of that, which, which I think actually was a really important part of that story last season. So I thought that was, that was unnecessary. They could have, they could have shown a bit of that um, just to show what kind of went on there. But um but no, I thought it was great. And the biggest, the big things I took away from it are that. and again, it's, you know, the, the club clearly could control what came out, but sure. I think we sometimes forget the situation that we were in and, and what Xavi had to do with that team. I mean, it's, you look around and he's, he's really pulling in players where you're like, Oh, wow. I forgot they were in the squad. I forgot they were in the squad. I forgot they were in the squad. And so, and so, you know, obviously we stuck with some of the older players a little bit more than we should, but there was times where we were we were ramshackle. And, yeah. you know, and, and there's a lot of points in the documentary where Xavi's saying, we just need to win. We just need to win. And there's there's a, there's a bit at the end of it where Xavi and Laporta are kind of doing what looks like a reasonably framed um, kind of review of the season just before it finishes. And yeah. and it's this kind of thing where, it's, you know, and it's like, we just needed to win the league. And it's like, yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah, we did. And and so I, I was actually really impressed by Xavi. Um, I thought he came across really well. I thought he came across as incredibly passionate about the club and maybe a little bit too passionate in in places where you think he's, he's simultaneously the best person we can have because he knows what it means, but also will he be blinded by what it means? Would someone a, a little bit less connected to the club maybe make less emotional decisions? For yeah. example... You, you took, know, you took we, the words right out of my mouth.
0: You took the words right out, mm. out of my mouth. No, I was just going to say, I, you know, I'm, I'm again, uh, not to tie it to NFL football, but last night the Jets won right in overtime. I don't know if you saw the video of this, but the coach charges the field as they won in overtime, like they won the Super Bowl. and I get emotion. Like I'm not saying do not be an emotionless robot, but at the time too, I need my coach slash, especially at the professional level, not to get so emotional about decisions Mm -hmm. with the ref to be in control and to have a clear vision of what is going on. I think Chavi – because he wasn't like this as a player, and that's what is baffling yeah. to me because as a player, for as many times that he got fouled all the time, he always kept his – I mean, when was the one time that, that Chavi blew up, you know? Maybe in a Classico here and there, like just – but not even blow up, right? Like he never yeah. lost his cool. He was always even keel. And that's what is just throwing me off as a as – a, when he's as a manager now because I feel – he gets so emotional and so wrapped up in the decisions that he's not focused and just trying to keep trying to keep the team calm when he's trying to direct out there. You know what I'm saying? I think yeah, that is yeah. the one thing I see. And the other thing too is I, I'm curious about this is, did they show Lewandowski behind the scenes? And I'm curious to see his interaction with the rest of the team. Was it, did it seem normal? Did it seem contrite? Did it seem that maybe the age difference, because there is a true age difference between a lot of the players and Lewandowski, maybe language as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, the one thing that stood out from that perspective is, and it was quite striking, really. The first one is that we have got some incredible young talent. I know that's not where you thought I'd go with Lewandowski, right? But, um, and so a lot of the, you know, the gala events and whatnot, he's he's with players who are 10, happens, 15 years yeah, yeah, younger yeah, yeah, than yeah. him. Yeah, exactly. And so I think that was that was striking for two reasons. Number one, it shows that we've brought someone in, you know, at the tail end of their career, which is reasonably rare for us that we haven't yeah, developed yeah. those players in recent years. But also that, you know, we've got such incredible young talent that this will all be all right, you know. <laughs> My own riding takeaways, this will all be okay. It's fine. If we ride it financially, life will be all right. But the other thing is that, when they kind of showed you know players getting incorporated at in the squad and whatnot, there was there was very clearly an English speaking table. Frankie Diong, Serginho Dest, Christensen. And and I think, you know, I think for for Andrew Stegen, for Frankie Diong, clearly we've heard them. You know, their their Spanish is very, very good. Um, but I think there was that element and and it did look like a player that was probably Probably caught, not, not not caught unawares, but I mean, when was yeah, the last no. time Lewandowski took himself out of his comfort zone? Because he was, what, Dortmund to Bayern, I believe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah. you know, I think there's that element of where you, you you kind of expect that to happen. He's going in, into a locker room of a locker room. I keep taking your words. He's going into a dressing <laughs> room of, um, you know, he's got he's going in he's going into a dressing room of players with a really young age, an average age, who are speaking a different language. I think we we needed to give him that benefit of the doubt. But weirdly, it seemed like as he got more comfortable, the form dropped. Yeah. And so that was that was really strange. But um, yeah, but yeah, but my, my overriding my overriding take on it was. Um, was that I think the young talent that we've got are incredible. I think I think Gavi is just a force, and I think he needs he needs harnessed. I think you look at him Correct. even in training, and he's and he's furious about. Things what, what is what he, is
0: the uh, the comic book hero that from the X Men that has the eye vision, right? And they had to like get the glasses so they can just harness that <laughs> that energy. You know, I think that's something we need to do with Gavi because, you know, for this is the thing. Gabi just played his hundredth match for Barcelona. It's crazy, right? And I mean, think about that, right? Like that's incredible yeah. age. He's an important player, but again, it's just finding those moments where he doesn't lose his cool, right? Because he's an important mm-hmm. player, and we see that a lot. You know, he he loves to get. In a, I mean, did you? I mean, obviously, in the last match where he was getting his ear stapled, I mean, that's just he has such Puyol personality and tendencies of the fight and the energy that to me like he's so important but I, I was just curious with the documentary of just seeing how the interaction is you know because like you said Lewandowski you know what 35 and these kids are 20 and 21 I mean he could, he's like hey um have you heard that band we, we have never heard that band you know like yeah how- yeah
1: yeah the i wonder if he's a big you know i wonder if Lewandowski is a big bad bunny fan you know what i mean it's like i you know i strongly <laughs> doubt it and um but my my overriding my overriding takeaways with that were one that this will all end well we've got an incredible squad that we're putting together and the other the other thing was between laporta and chavi as much as this might not be massively popular in parts and i don't know how i feel about it myself they might not be the coach and the president that we want, but I think they're the coach and the president that we need right now because I'm I'm not sure how many other people take on the challenge of where we were and get us to where we are because I don't think you achieve that. Um, oh, Scotland just scored. And Harry Maguire's on the pitch. I wonder if them two things are linked. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm sure they are. <laughs> um, Harry Maguire! Yeah, <laughs> I, don't, um, I, I don't know how many other presidents and coaches take on that challenge invest emotionally into it to the point where we get to where we are which is that we you know we we won the league it meant champions league was fine it meant that we could get players back i'm not sure who else takes that on because when you see where we were and how important every game became and every point became yeah i think i think we've got the people that we we need at the helm um but i'm not sure if Javi can continue to run at that pace if that's the intensity he's working at I don't think that's sustainable. So it'd be interesting to see if that part was propaganda or whether that part was legit and whether it overplayed how intense he seems. Um, but it feels like every conversation is him at 100 mile an hour,
0: which so to you your recommend? point is,
1: isn't is what you see it. Recommend
0: 100%. 100%
1: with the obvious caveats as you started the whole point with, which is, you know,
0: not yes, a single Puffins. minute of this goes out without yeah, the club
1: yeah. seeing it. Yeah, um, of course,
0: of course, of course. But, I mean, but,
1: but, def- but definitely, definitely worth a look. And I think if you are going to do it with the Sunderland one, especially... I think there's an element of we, you know, where our one starts is where the Sunderland one sadly goes. And I think it could have been a hell of a lot worse. For sure.
0: For sure. I have some uh, bad news for you. Looks like Gundogan just got subbed off for injury. Oh, really? uh, Yeah, he's playing for Germany. So that just came across Twitter. So this international break is a killer because before we jumped on, I was watching the Spain versus Cyprus Mm. and Nico Williams hurts uh basically it's growing muscle right before so oh, really again you know like it's grateful wasn't he he was playing awesome he is man mm-hmm. if if Barcelona could target him I think he would be an outstanding left winger for us but anyway that I digress all right let's finish off we have a, two questions from our Patreon community the first one's from Kim first I want to give a shout out to Kim because Kim always posts the newspapers every morning mm-hmm. Uh, which is great. So thanks, Kim, for always doing that. His question is about Deco. He says, does Deco bring more value than just bringing his compatriots? And, you know, obviously with the whole Jorge Mendes uh, Mm. uh, partnership that happened and Carlos, our Brazilian expert, um, he responded, he said, his value will be finding youth talents due to his network, won't it? He clearly is more plugged into the South American market, for example, than what we've had recently. So, What do you think, you know, obviously Deco has taken over as a director uh, over Alamani and, you know, Deco had a, I would say a very strong finish to the transfer market of what we were able to pull off. What are your kind of ideas or, you know, going forward, you know, obviously also Deco is bringing all the scouts from around the world, I think this week to meet them in person and Deco is really putting a you know, his hands dirty. You know, I was kind of weary because, you know, Deco is an agent. I'm always kind of leery about agents coming to sporting director. I'm not yep. saying it's not possible, but, you know, obviously. But one thing that Deco does have, and he is completely plugged into the South American market, where, you know, obviously, we're bringing Victor Roque coming in. You can definitely find bargain top talent for sure.
1: Massively, and I think it's a fool's errand for any big club not to try and be as plugged into South America as you can be for, for, for reasons that we all understand the history goes without saying, um, do you know what we should do is we, we should get Carlos on one day and just, just let him go on how good Brazil are. Yeah, he, Car-
0: First of all, I had to give a shout out to Carlos cause Carlos, uh, with his Brazilian insight in South American stuff is mm. an amazing resource in our WhatsApp group, because anytime we have a question about any Brazilian player, he chimes in and within three seconds. It just gives us the full lowdown, which I always love. So, Carlos, shout out to you, my friend.
1: He's 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 a very patriotic. I wonder I wonder if he could do a top five Barça players without putting a Brazilian in. See how long that takes, and that'd be fun. Um, but no, <laughs> I, I think it's 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 a market that undoubtedly we need to be looking at. And the reasons the reasons for footballing um, purposes are really obvious. But I think also if you look at the culture element. Outside of Spain, if you want to get Spanish speakers, it's the next logical market. Sure, right? sure, so sure, sure, sure. I think it just makes sense. And to your point about them generally being um, a lot cheaper than they would be now. Again, you know, it's born out of things that we all wish weren't weren't the way they are. But ultimately, you can get you can get players for much cheaper. They'll sell for much cheaper, and it is what it is. My concern with fishing in one pond, however, is. It is the Mendez effect, really, which is at what point does the balance of power switch? And all of a sudden it goes from let's get the best of South America to let's only get South America's because we now got fingers in too many murky pies. And so I, I still have that niggly doubt of Sandra or Osei in the back of my mind where yeah,
0: yeah, it yeah.
1: just went wrong, basically. Yeah. And so I think we need to be. We need to be plugged into it, but we can't be beholden to it. But from what I've seen so far, Deco looks like he's trying to do it slightly differently. Uh, there was a, a thing in, on, on, online today saying that he's he's actually trying to get scouts in face-to-face. He wants to meet them. Yeah. He wants them to be people, not just products. And I think that's a great start. Um, Who's and- paying for those flights? <laughs> I'm just <plastic>. <laughs> Amazon Prime, depending yeah. on whether you watch or not. Yeah. Um, but no, I think so, you know, ultimately, yeah. I mean, the starting point for me should always be who are the best players in Spain? Can we get them? And sure. immediately pivot to who are the best players in South America? Can we get them? We shouldn't be looking at, I mean, again, it's it's not to piggyback on what we just said, but we should not be looking at uh, Robert Lewandowski if, if we have someone who can give us 10 years of that. Now, that might not always be the case. The problem we've had recently is that we've had to be really reactive. The quicker we can move away from that, the better. And if that's if that's in a manner financially where we can bring in players, Ro- Vitor roca was, what, 34 million euros, I believe? 30, yeah. 34, something like that. I mean, nowadays, that's a half-decent central defender from England. Sure,
0: sure, 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 sure. Yeah, and yeah. so
1: we need to be savvy. And so if we can get in who knows that, then absolutely. Um, but to my point earlier, I still think that first and foremost, our priority should be taking the best players from Spain.
0: Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. I just think also, you know, with South American, we've had success. And so, like you said, with the Spanish language, you know, obviously, Mm -hmm. like, you know, teams, you know, in the UK aren't really scouting in South America, right? I mean, it's not, I'm sure they are, maybe the high end teams like Manchester City, maybe have a scout over there just to to try to see the best players, but they're, you know, like you said, I think with the language, the culture is more aligned with Spain, and obviously, yeah. they are going to continue to focus specifically in Catalonia first, and then in Spain after
1: that. Because, yeah. and in, to, go on. I was going to say that even, even just logistically, right? So, I mean, yeah. even Portuguese. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm now working in in two languages. I certainly don't intend to take on a third, but I'm led to believe that if your Spanish is decent slash native, then Portuguese isn't that hard, and vice versa. So, even you know, it gives you the entire continent basically, and also visas. You know the yes. the visa element South America to Spain is much 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 easier. It's a well worn path compared to the rest of Europe. So you've got that head start. And the other thing, just from a adversarial perspective, is that we know Madrid are fishing in that market. Yeah. So there's also yeah. an element of we need to get the best players before they do, and vice versa. So there's also that element of we can't really take our eye off that ball because our direct competitor is going to do that as well. So I think it's all set up to be to to be where we should head. Um, and you know, I just think Deco is he's so silent compared to what he could have done and that always gives me confidence i don't need to hear him speak i just need to hear it hear of players that he's brought to us yeah yeah, yeah. exactly Exactly. i mean you know as
0: an agent obviously he's probably leveraged a lot of relationships throughout time so now he kind of Use those now, now that he is a direct, you know, sporting director at Barcelona, he can mm-hmm. definitely leverage those relationships because, as we know, networking and everything. So, yeah, I mean, that's definitely going to help. Obviously, uh, just across the WhatsApp group, Ferran Torres has scored. So, he just came in and scored. So, Ferran, uh, looking like a new man this season, mm-hmm. just looks more, I don't know what the word is. I, you know, it's it, it, to me, he just looks like he's playing now. I don't know if that, you know, before I think he was. Harnessed by thinking too much, maybe about his positioning. Mm. And I think maybe just watching more tape and just understanding chubby or whatever but man he he's definitely looked like he's actually just playing now and that goes a long way right all mm-hmm. right we have one last question from kathy barsamama really quickly congratulations on her promotion she sent us a picture in our whatsapp group deck i don't know if you saw that decorating her office with the big she's representing yeah, yeah yeah, i love it because she's in the midwest too so it's like super random that she that she's a <laughs> bar right? i love it though but she and kim had this question but it's a great question right because laminia mall starts for spain you know the kid is 16 years old he has been mm-hmm. electric he almost scored a goal lasso today against cyprus where he hit the post mm-hmm. and the question is you know how can the club protect Lamini mall from global pressure and i think this is a great question because we just saw what happened with ansu fati right he has gone to brighton and he's 21 years old right i mean this is the thing he had you know i think close to 100 caps as well and he couldn't find the playing time or the consistency and I, you know, we talked about the Ansu Fati situation before, but you know, we definitely don't want our players to end up in that trajectory, right? We want them to stay, have success. So I don't know, like obviously Chavi has full confidence in Lominium All. He's starting him in the last two matches. It looks like he's gonna get more playing time. So how do we protect him and also just tamper those expectations, right? Because he is electric talent. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you see it, right? But again, we have to kind of remember he's just 16. It's it's really insane.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think, I don't think any of that pressure comes from anywhere other than the the, f- the fans <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. and what and, and and this is this is the challenge that the club have because all all Mal is going to want to do is play football, and that's what he sure. that's what he will be allowed to do. We we, we obviously need to phys- physiologically protect him with minutes and not overburden him and stuff. But you see the reaction when ansu was here if he didn't if he didn't play people were screaming for it because he was the he was the messiah and the savior and I was guilty of falling into that trap myself i was like wow this this guy could be the real deal and it, it's just that again it's that again we've seen it with ricky puge we've seen it to an extent with players like sergi sampa we've seen it with a whole host of players through the years that never went on to to, to achieve it because they couldn't meet the benchmarks that we set for them. You're, you're already hearing people saying the next messy, like the kids. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, right right now he's not allowed to order himself a drink. He can't drive a car. He probably can't legally. Yeah. He probably can't (laughs) legally get married. You probably don't want him fathering a child, you know, and, and yet we're, we're, we're already seeing people, people saying the next X, the next Y. And so I think really the pressure, in my opinion, the pressure isn't on the club to protect him. The club the club, will probably do what needs to be done. The The pressure will be from the fans. Yeah. And, you know, it won't be from Betis fans. It won't be from Girona fans. It won't <laughs> be from Man City fans. It'll be from Barca fans. And what we can't have is another Ricky Pooge scenario. Ansu's different, I think, because a lot of that was injuries. and And, and, and I think that was a challenge that hopefully we don't see. But if you look at Ricky Pooj, Ricky Pooj was never going to achieve what people thought he would be. Sure, he had one, he had one good game, and he was the next pep. He had a bad game, and he was useless, and he was only getting played because of his name. And most of us, at some point, fell into one of those two camps. So we need to, we need to look inward on that, in my opinion. And we, need, we need to let the kid grow. We need to let him develop. And if he plays great, if he doesn't, that's fine. Do you
0: think him getting more starts and playing time? Do you think that moves Rafinha to the left
1: side? Ah, no, no, I don't see it. Okay. No, I think they'll, I think they'll compete for one spot. I think I, th- I, I thought you were going to give me a little bit more information than that. So. <laughs> no, no, no. Sorry, I think, I think I think with 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 one spot. The reason why I think that is because I think you need to put someone a lot more disciplined on that flank to allow Balde to do his thing. I think you can have one kind of renegade and one solid player, um, and I think if you're going to let Balde do his thing you need to know that the person with them is going to be u- uber disciplined and uber sensible. And I'm not sure that you get the best out of Rafinha by making him that person. I think you need to give Rafinha creativity and space. Um, so I, I just don't, I just don't, you're putting two, you know, you're putting two um, of the same, I was going to make a magnet analogy and I forgot what they're called. <laughs> is, it, is it poles yeah, of a yeah, magnet? Yeah, it yeah. isn't it. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, they're, 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 they're going to clash. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're going to clash. Three, three, I mean, one England. that's annoying. Um, it's, an, it's,
0: an, it's an interesting dilemma because, like you said, the fans are going to put this pressure. I think he's already more disciplined on the ball than Rafinha. I just, there's something about the way he collects the ball mm-hmm. where I feel Rafinha just loses the ball more already. Now, obviously, I'm just kind of just basing this on the last three matches. There's no statistical yeah, yeah. data or anything like that. But I just feel... know obviously this is again a masia product of just understanding the basics of what we do so well right the technical aspect of first touch passing and understanding the movement you know whereas rafinha did not go through our system right he's a he's a free agent comes in with the flash and the talent and again i think you know as we've seen with a lot of free agents that come sometimes it's really hard for them to adjust to what is expected you know technically wise in the Barca system. Oh, I see. Okay, here we go. Huh? <laughs>
1: Look, I think, and this, 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 this I, I don't know how I can say, so it sound like I'm going to kind of go on the attack, so don't take it that way, but mm. it's precisely what you just said, which is why I think we need to temper our expectations.
0: Because
1: mm. you, you've just said, you you started your point with Masia product. Yeah, and yeah. I don't think I'm, I'm never going to hear that this season about Oriol Romeu.
0: True, true, true. Yeah, but so, I, what I'm and, saying... And so so saying... we, we
1: immediately, we immediately, sorry, we immediately... We immediately elevate these players to almost an element of... Now, your point there was about, therefore, he should understand the game better than Rafinha. But what it does is it immediately puts the barrier for success so much higher than any other player because we think, well, they, they almost can't was fail. What we need to... No, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just going I'm, to... I'm, I'm kind of piggybacking on your point. Sorry, yeah, that's yeah. why I kind of said I, I don't want to say I, I'm attacking you, but that's what we'll hear time and time again with the Lemassia product, Lemassia product, the massier product. Lemassia is youth football. We need to remember that this kid has been taken out of sure. youth football and put into adult football. And so we need to remove, the. F- in my opinion, we need to remove the fact he's been at La Masia and just let the kid take his next three or four years to grow into football. Or we need to keep him in La Masia, one of the two, if we're going to put the pressure on. And that's the bit that concerns me, is that he's coming out of kids' football into adult football with no apprenticeship in the middle. You know, players like Pedri, players like Sergi Busquets, they, sure. they had right. they had that Barca B experience. Yeah, yeah. That makes me so nervous
0: i know i know i was just i was just talking on a technical aspect i wasn't yeah, talking yeah, of about course. yeah i you wasn't know. i wasn't talking about the the potential uh ceiling yeah. that he may have and so forth i'm just saying that you know when we look at la Masia products right i'm just saying as an over overview general type of thing their technical ability their understanding of what we what is needed yeah. on the senior team is just a pipeline of that that's that's all i was trying to say because with rafini i still have my doubts because I still, you know, him and Lewandowski, I just feel like they always are just constantly making the wrong decisions that leads to failed counterattacks and no scoring opportunities. Yeah, and so I'm just no, trying no, to I, think I, I outside no, the no. box in that. So
1: I, I totally agree, and, and and your point was valid. I, I, it was just the the wording just kind of brought the point sure, that I had sure, in my sure, mind, sure. which is, you know, you look at Firmin Lopez at the weekend. Whether we like it or not, that's great for his career. Because he, yeah, he's yeah. allowed to go and make these mistakes. For anyone that who, who, who wasn't keeping a track, he got sent off at, at the weekend for for Bath Athletic. But we need to let these kids make mistakes. And 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 if we take them directly from youth football to to senior elite football, at some point, Lemina is going to have to make an error. He's going to yeah, have yeah. to cost us goals. He's going to have to get sent off. He's going to have to lose his temper because these are natural steps. The difference is that instead of doing him in front of well however many people want to hold <laughs> less than people want yeah, 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 yeah. you know in, in, instead of instead of doing it in la liga in front of a packed stadium normally they're happening at some shitty ground in the arse end of nowhere in front of 25 people and a couple of dogs you know the, the it's these mistakes that need to be allowed and we just need to we just need to allow him to flourish so i think the pressure is from the to, to go back to the point the pressure will come from us and we just need to temper that he, he isn't going to be the messiah for the next few years. Yeah, yeah. For every Messi, there's a million others that haven't gone that far. Let's just let him grow and play and learn. And, you know, the rest will take care of itself if we if we allow it to happen. Um, and so it's an entirely... It's, it's a product that's going to entirely be made or broken by ourselves. Sadly, it's a great question, but that pressure isn't from anywhere else other than Barcelona plans, I believe.
0: Yeah, and, and the thing is, you know, when we look at this player at 16, I mean, he is... He, i mean he's his stock is i mean he's already on the national team playing you know and making yeah. an effort so we will see how this season unfolds do you have any uh, last thoughts before we go we kind of ran a little bit long but you know we love no speaking, no no i've I've I've, I've
1: I've enjoyed that it's been for an international break it's been uh, it's been nice to talk about about Barca. actually it's been good
0: last thing how are you feeling about uh mr rogers and
1: his now, it's never nice. It's never nice to see someone go down. Right, that laugh was really badly timed. I'm not about to say <laughs> something horrible. It's never, it's never nice to see someone go down. And obviously, it's a tragic story and stuff. But I'd be lying if a little bit of me didn't think, what on earth is he going to try and do to heal this? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, and so you... I'm actually quite intrigued to see where he goes. Um, I,
0: I don't, I don't sh- think, I don't think he does it.
1: He retires, right? Should yeah, he? because he calls it the quiz. thing is,
0: the thing is, with this type of injury, right, you are rehabbing for twelve to fourteen months just to try to get back to running, right. And on top of that, you know, at, at his age right now, I don't know if he has the strength or the energy to do that. So unfortunately, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think he comes back. I don't know. We'll see. Nah, we'll it's see. But
1: it's, it's a sad end to one of the greats. Don't get me wrong. Um, Yeah, it was 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 an elite elite sport. Correct.
0: Exactly. And the thing is, I woke up to a tweet from my brother in law that he sent me a a tweet and it just said, uh, because I was like, oh, I'm I'm wondering how he did. And it's like, uh, Aaron Rodgers Jets career, 836, Aaron Rodgers Jet career over 830, you know, like 842 or something. I was like, oh my God, what happened? And I searched and I was like, oh man, that's.
1: It's kind of like my American football career. I lasted four snaps as well and then tore my hamstring and never went back. So um,
0: maybe yeah. me and Aaron
1: Rodgers are much more alike. <laughs> yeah, we're much much more alike than people give us credit for, potentially.
0: Well, uh, we'll finish there. Next match, Barcelona host Betis on Saturday night at 9 o'clock. Craig, thanks for joining me as always. always. Everyone, thanks for listening. Until next time, Forza Barca.